just beating the crap out of people. Yeah. And then the other thing is a thing that most people in society don't try to talk about out loud. <laughs> right? Yeah. You'd think that would be the first thing. You'd think it would be, but would you have watched Old Boy if you knew that was coming? No. No, I I literally would not have. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's a good point. Maybe it's good to keep it under wraps so that could just be something you find out and you're yeah. like, this whole movie is ruined for me. Yeah, it's like, it's like wow, this was really grim. Uh, I'm begging your pardon. Why? No. Can't wait for that great Inspector Gadget old boy crossover. Finally. <laughs> sure oh, ah, ah, ah. oh, my brain went to a dark place. Yeah. A very dark place. <laughs> very dark place. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I'm not even going to go there. I'm not, I know what, I, I could tell what your, where it went, but I, I don't want to go there. Yeah, don't. This is, good. this is my own personal hell. Yep. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Let's go. go. You know we gotta keep it hype all day and night like this. Showing love when we can. Shout out to the super fans. Uh huh. You don't really wanna miss pop soccer. Stay lit. So if you ready, we ride and take it back to the '90s. From movies to the video games, just a couple of nerds keep us so entertaining. Hey, Pop Saga. Hey there, welcome to Pop Saga, the show where we dive deep into the world of movies, TV series, comics, and all things pop culture. Today, we're about to embark on a thrilling adventure through the charred remains of the DC Cinematic Universe as we discuss one of the most highly maligned films of 2023. That's right, The Flash. Buckle up, because we're about to journey through the multiverse alongside the Scarlet Speedster himself, Barry Allen, as portrayed by Ezra Miller. We'll uncover the mysteries of time travel, explore alternate realities, and witness some jaw-dropping CGI superhero action. But as we dive into the Flash world, we'll also be asking the question, how did this film get greenlit? Who are we? Well, I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by the Emerald Streaker himself, Forrest. <laughs> but before we zoom into the cinematic speed force, here's a little teaser for you. Hey kids, do you want to see a dead body? <laughs> there you go, Forrest, how you doing? Good. What, what, what the hell was that last part about? Because, well, I figure by the end of this one, that this movie is just going to be dead. D -E oh, I see. Dead. <laughs> I see. So we're, this is the primrose path ar uh, along which we will uh, shepherd folks in order to see them. The uh, the chart remains, as you said, of uh, this um, this film. Uh, we're going to talk about some good parts about it, too, though. Right? Of course. Got of course. Some, got some stuff. Hey, there's, you know, there's some fun parts. It. It's tough. I think it's tough to make a uh, getting people enthused and excited about movies when they know uh, their universe is about to be to be reset. But can you imagine if this movie knew that? Like if it knew that, and I guess it did in a way. And they didn't. They had already spent so much money on it. I imagine they didn't want to do reshoots. But like uh, they could have actually reset the universe. Oh yeah, completely. And like set up the stuff that's coming out. That would have been super cool. 
That would have made a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. That's not what happened. <laughs> yeah, does not at all. This is, um, they knew their fate about halfway through. And then um, uh, soldiered on and I guess did some edits of some sort to try Do to make it. Something? Yeah, to try to make it a thing, but a self-contained thing. And was it successful? Well, here's the thing. Was it successful? I don't know. John just yawned in the middle of describing the movie. You tell me if it was successful, if that is the kind of reception it's getting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, literally hemming and hawing. Yeah, I think that that is correct. That is right. I think what, well, you know. But, of course, we'll, we will get into it. Obviously, you can tell we are champing at the bit. We have so much to talk about uh, in terms of this very exciting movie. But before we get into it, John, how could we do anything else without, of course, the fan-favorite segment that everyone tunes in for? That's right. They do, right? Yeah. Yes. It is, uh, of course, it is the, the 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 segment that everyone loves. What are you enjoying this evening, Master Wayne? I'll it's wait for him thing. to respond before I, I comment on what I'm drinking. No, um, no he's a strong, silent type, so we're just gonna no, have to okay. go ahead. He's doing the, the those that like you know like. He's cycling his fingers around each other, like keep it moving. Come on, no dead air. Okay, okay, okay. I'll, uh, uh, so I had one of these a year ago, and I think they've been in my fridge for a year. Oh, John. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if it's any good, but I, I have it. It's one of the. I don't. So I don't remember if I liked it or not. It is oh, the. Geez. Maybe you remember. Maybe I've talked to you about it. So I went and got. Uh, I pulled a can. That uh-huh. was a nitrogenated for smoothness. It's a nitro cold brew coffee Guinness beer thing. I think I do remember this. Um, let's see. What was your reaction? You know, I don't remember the, your reaction. I feel like it was the classic, oh, oh, oh just like a bunch of paint yeah. sounds into the microphone. But, yeah, but okay, I don't well, know. Let's, let's see. Oh. All right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. the old ticker still got it. <laughs> like a steel trap, this man. Why, why does it taste like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but not a good way? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh! Don't do that. Um, oh, <laughs> that's right. Oh. It's it's cold brew coffee Guinness beer, brought to you by Uncrustables. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It's just not good. It tastes <laughs> like someone was just like, hey, I got a, a, a mediocre cold brew. And someone's like, well, we got this leftover can of Guinness. You want to do something with it? And someone's like, I got you. And then they just made this. And um, the, I mean, the only thing is it, it was still nitrogenated. Uh, it, it had the, the typical Guinness thing. And I poured it slow. It just tastes awful. Um, going in for seconds. Oh God, why did I do that myself? Okay, anyway, <laughs> that's what I'm drinking. Can confirm, uh, is bad. Okay, well, I'm sorry. That doesn't sound great. 
It's not. <laughs> I, okay, it I'm, good. Be, I'm good. I'm clear okay. now. <laughs> it would be great if you had something that you liked for here, the momentous day, flash day here at uh, Pop Saga, but I guess not. So, as you know, as we've said numerous times, we're going to be talking about uh, 2023's The Flash, or is it just Flash? The Flash. The Flash, okay. Uh, the Flash. Um, and so, in honor of that, and because I know what's coming, because I've already seen it, I have here two drinks. Oh. The first of which is just a shot of tequila. Smart. <laughs> yep. I got salt, I got a lime, I got the whole accoutrement for taking a shot of tequila. This one I am taking out of, and not a shot glass, because I actually don't have a shot glass. Don't you do shots all that often? It's just part of getting old. Um, but this one is uh, out of a tumbler, a custom tumbler, um, given to me as a present by my in-laws, and it has the Pop Saga logo on it, so it is very uh, appropriate for today's oh, very cool. recording. All right, so here we go. <coughs> Never done a shot on air before. This might be a bad idea, but... Oh, there's so much. Oh, it's a full thing. Well, I mean, it's a tumbler, not a shot glass. You know, I measured out a shot. Uh, okay. Well, my vocal cords are destroyed. <laughs> Congratulations. But, uh, I like the flavor of tequila. What can I say? But that, I can't be taking shots all uh, podcast. That would be ridiculous. It would get, it would get real wacky by the end. So uh, for the rest of our recording, I have here... Something I've never tried before. As you know, as everybody knows who listens to this show, when I get booze, I always go to Trader Joe's. They got a great price and an okay selection. <laughs> um, so I got here what I, I you know, it's not brand, it's not, it doesn't have their typical loud branding, but I assume that this is a Trader Joe's original creation. It's made in San Jose, which is somewhere I used to call home. Okay. Um, and it's called Pineapple Shirt Hard Cider. Now, I assume that the flavor is not pineapple shirt, it is, it is pineapple, but I guess we'll find out. All right, here we go. S- down the old hatch right after <laughs> a very ill-advised tequila shot. Mm. That's delightful. It's so good. Uh, not too sweet. Not too dry. Tastes a lot like dried pineapple, actually, which I guess stands to reason. Um, but delightful. Way to go, Trader Joe's. Your pineapple shirt hard cider is... I don't know. Tastes like pineapple. It's good. <laughs> Glad it doesn't just taste like, uh, like coconut or something. Yeah, that would be weird. That would be weird. It would be like that... Um, it would be like that, uh, that seltzer you had a little while back that... Was supposed to be mango, but tasted like coconuts or something to that effect. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what it is, but I, there's a fine line between actual mango flavor and then what people have, I guess, been described what a mango is. Most <laughs> of the time, just kind of tastes like uh, off coconut or something. Doesn't have that like mango mango punch. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> I had actually a, a question for you. Shoot. Um, so 
I had it as a, a, an, ex, an extreme FOMO experience the other day. Oh, awesome. um, because I was at a uh, a Taco Bell, yeah. uh, which I am want to do. Thank you very much. Uh, getting lunch uh, for my wife and I. And uh, I got through the order. I started to pull forward, and I saw on the menu that their, uh, their grilled cheese dipping taco, their new menu item, is out and available to purchase, and I didn't get one. Uh, and I didn't want to be like, no, 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 hold that, <laughs> hold that, no, no, no. Um, so I didn't end up getting it, but I saw it. I wanted to ask you, have you tried this con- thing? I know it's not up your alley because there is a ton of cheese on it. Uh, but I was, I just wanted to ask, have you tried this new item that Taco Bell has just put out? No, once it, once it's like in that grilled kind of melty form. Yeah. I, I can't do it. You're out. It anymore. Even if it's the same weird whatever not cheese they put on stuff, I can't do it. I just can't do it. It's too, this too, is a, too goopy. So it's supposedly like uh, a barilla-style uh, taco, and I'm surely you've had those before. Uh, they're very flat. They've got a grill. They've got a slow-cooked beef inside, and you usually dip them in a sauce. It's what Taco Bell's going for. Um, they look good. I don't know. I'm sad that I didn't try it. I guess I, I guess we'll we'll find out ne- when I, if I do try it what we will actually what the verdict is. Um, but do, would you if you're in that same place and mm. you are pulling for you know you're pulling forward you're right at like you're 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 kind of like reaching the limit of that little speaker that they use to communicate with you from in the drive through. Do you like yell out? Just kidding, I want a Maria taco. <laughs> do you try to get that or do you or are you like me where you're just like, oh well, this is too awkward. I'm just gonna drive forward and just you know, live with my my bad choices. No, 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 no. I wouldn't I wouldn't scream after the fact. I would just drive back around, get back into the drive through lane, order it, <laughs> and then take off. Oh, I see. So like you would collect your food, you'd pay for it. You'd go around, you'd order it again, and so you're not worried about them being like, huh? <laughs> like, deja vu? Weren't you just here? Nah, not worried about that at all. At that point, uh, I'm just like, I'm already eating at Taco Bell. The end. Okay, yeah. I really love your your outlook on life sometimes is so inspiring, because it is very different from how I go through my life. But between this and, like, you talking about, like, I was talking about being uncomfortable, being in a pool in Vegas, and, and you were like, you're never going to see these people again. <laughs> what do you care? Yeah, who gives a shit? Uh, yeah, that's, like, such a great attitude. I really have to, like, try to 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 really live my life. I'm just saying uh, inspiring words, John. You're, yeah. You are an, ins- uh, an inspiring fella. Thank you. Thank you. I've been known to. Yeah. Not very humble either, so... <laughs> definitely been you know i am one to inspire mm, yeah, people yeah, yeah. Mm, this is par yeah. for the course as far as i'm concerned <laughs> you know for some it's a moment that you know they'll never be able to shake that will get them through life and for me it's a sunday so. <laughs> all right all right you know thanks m bison <laughs> <laughs> still one of the best lines in movie dumb for me it was a tuesday, tuesday. I was like, oh shit, this movie's got jokes. 
I mean, it's a, quite a joke, but it also has jokes. <laughs> it is a bit of a it is a bit of a joke. Uh, like many things, though, John, in this day and age, it's it's having a renaissance, and in, in in terms of people reevaluating it, the younger generation looking back at our the the derided media of our youth and saying, "Hey, wait a second, this deserves another chance," and uh, you know, cool. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're not... I used to like Imagine Dragons when I was younger. (laughs) But they're... I mean, when you were younger, you mean in your 30s? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I've never felt more betrayed than when, like, I watched... I liked Imagine Dragons' one song, obviously. Radioactive! Radioactive. And then I was like, hey, maybe this band's kind of cool. And then I listened to the, the rest of their stuff, and I was like, no! This is, how could I, I gotta blast my cash. This can't be on my history. No one can know. Well, they got two good songs. They got Radioactive, and then they have the uh, the, the the enemy song from um, that show that I just totally blanked that's off of League of Legends. Uh, Arcane. Do they do a song for Arcane as well? That's that's their theme song. Okay, I, I never want to be my enemy. I'm gonna be. Oh, that sounds like a good song, man. That Wait song, a minute, I'm back song. on board. Imagine Dragons gonna get my T-shirt out of my balls. Well, I mean, if you got a T-shirt, just make sure you don't wear it to their show. Just no, that's all you need to do. You don't wear the band that you're going to see show shirt at their shows. Just Why? Unspo- it's unspoken rule. If, I mean, if but you it, do that, you're a straight poser. You don't like uh, music. You have not, you, you wear, like, if you go see, I don't know, Metallica, you could be an asshole, wear a Megadeth shirt. That's kind of funny. But you'd wear, like, a Judas Priest or any other rock sh- shirt or whatever. You want to imagine dragons? I imagine you wear, like, a Nickelback shirt, a Creed. <laughs> Creed, but you Train. know, Creed and Nickelback are making an unironic comeback too. Talk about something that really will make you question just everything. Uh, were they working at the Taco Bell? You were at? <laughs> yep. Can I get you a barista taco? <laughs> Do you want hot sauce or mild? Sauce as well. Yeah, okay. You know what they've started asking at Taco Bell, which is like a a new thing to me, is that every time you order anything with sour cream on it, they're like, do you want more sour cream? Do you want more meat? Do you want uh, the jalapenos? They're offering to put jalapenos on everything, which I'm very much uh, a fan of, but it's definitely a new new thing. Yeah, they are. They're upselling. They They got to move that. They got to move it. Like, I mean, the sour cream, though, that one's just like, do you want more filler? You want more filler, don't you? You want more filler? You're getting more filler. You want filler? You want... You're going to get a head of lettuce, regardless. Yeah, like, the the soy uh, faux meat product that they use, you know, their little uh, ground meat. Like, I mean, that is a sliver at best. And then, yeah, whole head of lettuce... And then, like, whatever the uh, yoga mat that they shredded up for the cheese, and that's it. But then once you start adding the sour cream, that whole thing is just capped. It's just, like, it, it's it's so much. I mean, it's because they put that shit in with a cocking gun. 
Yep. Oh, no, I've seen it. I've seen right. it. For some reason, that does not uh, assuage Did... my, my hunger for Taco Bell, even though it, it likely should. Oh, yeah, you you're, you should just turn around and walk away. But you're like, like if you're like me, you're like, oh, innovation. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, oh, that seems very clean. They're not actually touching. <laughs> it just comes out of a gun. I'm, I approve. I like that. I like that. It's like, hmm, it's sanitized for my deliciousness. Yes, for my pleasure. <laughs> it's ribbed. For, never mind. Um, yeah. So... Sorry, uh, I drank some more of my Guinness. <laughs> sure, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if this will... This is going to be totally out of context, but I have to talk about this. So, John, you really threw me for a loop. When we started the theme song, we were... Before the theme song, we were talking about commemorative plates. Yep, <laughs> you like really threw me for one. Because I don't mute myself when we start the theme song. So if, if yeah, I did... I do stuff. You can't hear me, but you sent me this Dr. Bashir plate, <laughs> commemorative plate, because we were talking about Star Trek commemorative plates, and specifically those that relate to Deep Space Nine, and you, <laughs> you sent me this Dr. Bashir, and I just, I have to talk about it. There is, there, that looks nothing like Doc. That is the, the worst likeness I've seen in some time, uh, but well, here's what's weird. Is you may you may or may not remember the fact that Doctor Bashir has an episode where he is uh, he's blasted by a Nosican and uh, he he goes he is like trapped in his own mind and he's progressively getting older while he's trying to like you know fight his way out of this crazy hallucination and this looks like kind of like a in between <laughs> point. <laughs> for like him and like his this bad old age makeup i'll show you i'm gonna just post a picture like that actually does look like the bad old age makeup picture of bashir i wonder if maybe they gave him a couple of references the artist who did this a couple of references that weren't exactly or maybe they were from this episode of him just gradually aging this is what the commemorative plate is of it's of this him aging it has to be. Yeah. No, it, I, okay. When we were talking about it, right. I was starting to peruse it because like we do when we talk about things, I'm like, Oh, maybe I should buy one of these things. Uh-huh. Right. And I'm like, mm, you know, I go with my wharf, my guy name, you know, I'm like, okay, let's get a Cisco one. And then as I was looking, you know, looking up prices, like, wow, <laughs> these plates are kind of cheap, like cheaper, except my wharf plate, still 50 bucks pre-owned <laughs> on eBay. Woo. Got this, got the sweet deal there. But when I came across this uh, horror show of a plate, I had to share it with you, and I was, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I can send it to him afterwards because we're just about to start recording, or I'll send it as I'm going to play the theme song, because I'm waiting to see if I, I'm waiting to hear it." What? <laughs> <laughs> I sent it because it is. I mean, it is everything that is wrong with a commemorative plate. Yeah, I mean, the the background is sad as well, but. It doesn't look any anything like them. It is at a all. that likeness is a tough one. Likeness is hard in general. As an artist, I can tell you, it's just tough to get. There's nothing against the artist who made it, but uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but it was a shock. Uh, speaking of doing somewhat dirty, I mean, <laughs> they really did, <laughs> they did him dirty. Dirty. They, they. Wow. Someone was like. Bashir, never crush her or nothing. I hate that guy. 
I hate him so much. He's so good at everything. He's out there doing frontier medicine. I can't stand it. Let's let's give him. Let's make him look like uh, I don't know. Let's make him look like his head's just like inflated or some sort of light bulb. Was based I, on. I feel like someone as let's let's just invoke this world. They're like in in Star Trek. Uh, if you do some really cool things, they take a they they paint commemorative pictures of you and put them on plates a novel thing i feel like as he was sitting there getting this push uh, painted someone went up behind him and pushed his head <laughs> into into like where the plate would be because it is it is very flat and triangly not in a good way it is a it is a it's it's not a great plate yeah, not a great likeness. I, I'm a big Dr. Bashir fan of yeah. that character, and so that would be a very disappointing... I would like... If I had this plate, if I had the full set, the full spread of D Space Nine characters, I would, like, hide... I would tuck this plate behind, like, a wharf or a quark. <laughs> What's that plate back there? Uh, don't, don't worry, worry about, about it. it. <laughs> and even he's wearing, like... And this is, again, season one, I can, I can tell, but it's, like, the blue on his outfit is, like, it's definitely more of a uh, turquoise or a, a teal later, so and it's also weird to me that it's more of a royal blue. I don't know. It's, uh, it's bad. And he's the worst part is he's off-center. <laughs> the whole... I mean, this it, seems like it was a tough assignment for the artist. Be <laughs> like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You want me to paint this dude and there's just a bunch of screens in the background and the, the like the plate you gave me there were like the the references for the background you gave me, there's just nothing going on yeah just put a bunch of screens all over the place i don't care he's a doctor yeah people love the screens the people love the screens they they tune in for the screens yeah not not the characters or the oh, having space no. drama no screens no. screens people love screens People love screens, especially the ones that are actually Cardassian in design and not Federation, so they have no real connection to the Alcar system, which everyone's familiar with. People love screens! <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I just had to talk about that a little bit. That's that's nuts. And we don't, like, get... It's, you know, one of those, like, uh, plexiglass plate holders like you were mentioning before, but we don't get, like... We the the Avery Brooks one I sent you the Cisco one where you know the season one picture he is in like it comes in like a styrofoam or a you know a uh, recycled uh, like a hexagonal thing that it's like keeping it safe. This one's just exposed to the elements. Yeah, yeah, you're you're getting raw Bashir. Yep, you were getting uncut Bashir for sure. Do you think part of it is like the angle it was taken and the fact that a plate is concave? Maybe that's like really making because the top of his head is just like it's ginormous. It's like it's eat. comically large in a way. His his is not. I mean, look, the, the photo's not the best, and I'm sure yeah. we could probably find one that's you know well lit and scooted relatively back that would make it look somewhat normal. But I still feel like there's enough wrong with this plate. But you can't make it right. Yep. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. You first here, folks. You can't do it. You can't make it right. Sorry. Sorry. All right. We tried. We tried. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, all that matters is we tried. Um, great. Fantastic. Love it. Can you tell we're 
trying to avoid talking about this Flash movie? I, I always love it. It, it is it, as editing as many of these as I have. Every time it turns into like something we really don't want to talk about, we will find anything to talk about before we yeah. get into it. Yeah. Well, you got to have a little bit of this. You know, people don't just come for the hard-hitting commentary and the ridiculously hot takes. They're coming for like the slice of life stuff. This is the this is the stuff that makes people feel like they're hanging out with us, even though you are not. Yeah, no, no one's in this room that I know of. That's right. I'm by myself in my office. No one's hanging out with me. That's it. I'm just sitting here uh, drinking this terrible beer for your amusement. That's right. But if you want to start a parasocial relationship with me, you can hit me up. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, hit us um, up. On, go on the Discord. Yeah, I guess at that point though, it's not parasocial like because you are actually interacting with me. So I don't know. I don't know. Do I yeah, know what they, parasocial actually means? Maybe not. Well, I don't know. I, I can imagine there's a bunch of people trying to who who think they know you. Like they're like, oh man. Well, we know Forrest has an ice machine. Yep. We, yeah, we, a refrigerator with an ice machine built in. That's true. Yep. Yep. So uh, he's rich, and I think that's where they go. <laughs> Yeah, you should see the state of the house that I bought, and then you'll know. Then you'll know that that's not true. Uh, ever seen the movie Grey Gardens? Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, that's right. right. We're here to talk about The Flash. John, I don't know if anyone needs it, but do you think you can invoke the spoiler witch for us? Yeah, I can do. Spoilers, spoilers, Double boilers, uh, cauldrons burn, and secrets bubble. Of they course, sure do. In, in yep. the rites and passages handed down to us by our ancestors, cauldron burns. Which it's not has a great been invoked, and we will be safe uh, tonight. Yep. yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tonight. Well, I, I felt like it was just because we recorded that at night. I'm sure if you yeah. would have recorded it well, during the day, you'd have been like, uh, today. Well, the, I, you know, here's a full uh, the 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 phrase in the book that has been handed down to us oh, through the rites sure. and passages of our an- ancestors is tonight because, as we all know, that's when the spoiler witch attacks. That's true. That's true. So that's, true. that's why it's tonight. That's you know, we'll be safe tonight, even regardless of what time it is. When you invoke the spoiler witch, that you are safe when you know when the, the time rolls around where she would. Normally drag you under the bed and, you know, just torture you forever for ruining a pop culture thing. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter for someone who really cares about it. I mean, she really cares about it. But I think if you really care about The Flash as a movie, you've probably seen it already. Yeah, I right? think anyone who was going to see the movie has seen the movie. Yeah, I think that yeah. if you are if you're excited about it, you would have rushed out, like The Flash, <laughs> to theaters and, and checked it out already. I know I did. You sure did. <laughs> you yeah. sure did. I uh, I bought and refunded tickets to this movie maybe five times uh, because I kept hearing takes about it. And I'd be like, oh, I can't wait to see this film. And I'd read a take and I'd be like, oh, no. Wait a minute. Because, you know, when I go out, I take my wife with me. I pay for both tickets. So that's an expensive ticket. You know what I mean? That's an, that's sure. an investment. Um, and so it really has to be something I'm sure that I want to see when I go out to see a movie. So I hemmed and hawed and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And eventually I was like, meh, I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll save these. I'll refund this. And, and guess what? 
guess what movie I I bought with the refunded funds across the Spider Verse? That's right. It was a it was money well refunded. Yeah, that's a that's a definitely an upgrade. No, no <laughs> if and or buts about it. Like yeah, if, you know if I wasn't trying to do it for the tent here, I probably would have waited for it to be on streaming too. But it's just one of those things. It was like, well, look, let's go out and see a movie. Let's go check it out. And, well, it's uh, you and I, like, <clears throat> I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but we're obviously big Marvel fans, both of us. Huge Marvel fans. Love Marvel. But I think we're bigger DC fans than we are Marvel fans. I think we're, I can just speak for myself. No, no, you, uh, you, you, you're, you're speaking the truth. You're right. Yeah. And so I am legitimately more excited for when DC movies came out. And it's why I gave all these, the Snyderverse movies, like, so many shots is is I want DC movies to be as grand and interconnected and as and as plentiful as Marvel stuff. And that you know the, the, just like uh, somebody who is in maybe a a bad relationship I keep expecting it to 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 do right by me when I go out there and check it out. Yeah, you're you're yeah, you're you're like look, Marvel's taking good care of us. We've we've eaten well off of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That yeah, you can only do nothing but hope for DC to do the same because yeah, there's so many characters that grown to love. Hell, my dog's name's Batman. You know, like I think that shows where my loyalties lie. You know, it's not named. I don't know Wolverine. Though I probably could call him Wolverine. He gets a little scratchy every once in a while. <laughs> hey, Tanya, we're going to change Batman's name to Wolverine. They're Batman's cool, cool. name's Wolverine now. I'm yeah. sure he'll be fine with that. Yeah, he won't be confused. If you say Wolverine like Batman, he'll just think his name is still Batman. Anyway, how you, like, how would you do that, John? Uh, hold on. Uh, Wolverine, Batman. Wolverine. No. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it's it's something that worked better on paper, I think, than it does in practice. I mean, barely. <laughs> like, too many syllables. Wrong first letter. There's so much wrong with this. But, like you said, you're, you're hoping that these movies do equally as well, because it's not necessarily picking one side over the other. I think it's just, like, comic books finally kind of getting their due, you know? And so, yeah, you're giving the Snyderverse its, its chances, and, you know, I bowed out fairly early let's say man of steel uh <laughs> before it even started you know like <laughs> wow that's a uh, you're really <laughs> look because if he wasn't if you can't get superman right then you're really not going to get a lot of else right and you want a shining example of someone who you can change a lot about what you know about the character and everything, but still inhabit the spirit. Watch my friend Superman on Max, the cartoon. It's crazy anime goes all over, but the spirit of who Superman is is alive and well. So that's why I enjoy it. So it's not necessarily like it has to be dogmatically associated with the source material as long as the character exhibits it. Man of Steel, like, I mean, listen to Pa Kent, the person who gave Superman his values. Mm, better let them kids die in that bus. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, you, whoa, no, no, like, no, he's like a beacon of hope. Come on, you even say hope, but I don't think you know what that word means. So anyway, I bowed out early, but you're hoping for it to do well, and 
we got what we got. Some, Indeed. Some, some hits and some and, misses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a very charitable way of putting it. Um, I think the, just to be clear, I think you meant my adventures with Superman. My adventures with Superman. Yes, yes. I don't know. Uh, my friend Superman seems like it'd be a better title. But I, I, I mean, I like it. Um, uh, I agree. I've, uh, I haven't seen all of it. I did restart my HBO Max subscription. Sorry, a Max subscription. Um, uh, just for that reason. Well, mm, not just for that reason. <laughs> just I mean, I, so I could see this Flash movie without, you know, uh, pay, paying full price. And then also I, the knock-on effect uh, is I got to uh, I get to enjoy my adventures with Superman, which is very good. Which is very good. If you don't like Superman, watch my adventures with Superman. You will like Superman. It is for you. Yeah, it's delightful. And he gets it. And then you watch something like The Flash and you go, oh. Well, maybe you walk by a comic. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how. I mean, I think that the dra- the director of this movie, I think his name is Andy Muschietti. Yeah. Um, he is. He obviously has a lot of passion and has a lot of creativity. They tried a lot of stuff with this movie, and I got to give it up to him. The the ideas were big. Uh, maybe a little bit bigger than the budget and time allowed, and I think that's maybe why we got some of the stuff that we got. Um, I don't admire anyone who's given this dying universe, as you said, like to make films in, um, because I think that there is just sort of a dark cloud hanging over the whole thing because, you know, it's just like this, I don't want to say, I mean, I think the movies made a lot of money. I think a lot of people love them. So I think calling them failed is wrong, uh, but it is something that is going away. And so... I think that that sort of casts a pall over the entire experience. Like, I'm very, very interested interested to see how Aquaman does when it comes out um, and, and how people respond to it. Uh, because I think it'll be a very interesting test to see if, indeed, this is people sort of shying away from the entirety of this universe. Maybe people who support the Snyderverse actively boycotting it um in support of the thing that they like or or if it is just like people because i don't i've come to the conclusion that i don't think people are burnt out on superhero movies i think they're just burnt out on mediocre superhero movies well you now have a yeah you have a standard standards have been set like before True, they were yeah. all, you know they were all just kind of like oh whatever you know like oh it's a superhero movie they don't understand the source material or whatever. And you get mad about it like that. But then some people did it well enough, or at least again, inhibited the spirit of the characters. So mm-hmm. now you have something to follow. And there were, there were outliers, you know, the original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. I think the Spider-Man one and two were great. Spider-Man three was well, you know, third time. I think not two, especially two, yeah, two is like the sweet spot. I love that. Alfred Molina as Doc Ock is so good. Uh, they've really figured it out that Spider-Man two is like just a top is like one of the top superhero movies of all time. I think. Yeah. Great. And then, you know, you have the dark Knight trilogy. If you're a fan of Tim Burton, so you, good. Those. you know, like, I mean, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of those, but not the Tim Burton ones. But what I'm saying is like, 
it was wide range, but it was so wide that like you you haven't really found one that like just knocked it out of the park until Iron Man came along, and then it was just like, oh, he can show you how it's done. Yep. And now we have that. So yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I don't think people are getting burnt out. I just think like it's is kind of a either oh this isn't very good. I know what good looks like, and I'm I, I'm I'm not going to prescribe to that or. Like, you know, in some of the Marvel or later Marvel stuff for me, it's just like, what's the point of this? Like, where are we going? Like, mm-hmm. it's taking, it's, this time it's taking too long. You don't have another 10 years to build up these different phases because people are, you know, we are ones of immediacy. So give me something and give it to me now, or at least show me the promise of what we're going towards versus, um, you know, kind of what we're getting now, but. This is, yeah. you know, this is, uh, you know, it, it it has its moments. I won't, I won't take that away from it, but yeah. And I also want to say before we get into it, I think there will be a lot of discussion in this podcast probably about the way the movie looks because it is a very, it's, it's in very interest. There was some very clear choices made, but. I want to just say right off the bat that this is like, this probably represents a lot of hard work by a lot of VFX artists who are overworked and underpaid mm-hmm. and it's not their fault at all. I want I don't want to come off as bagging on someone's artistic work because it's just not, it's just not how I feel. Um along with these opinions being entirely our own, uh, I just want to say that uh, it's not, you know, this is something that I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe the uh, the VFX artist who, well, one of the VFX artists who worked on this said, like, we had two weeks to do this or something. A very short, like, really short compressed timeline. He's talking about the zoetrope sequences. Um, so... It's a really weird, it's a, a really weird time for VFX in general. I think uh, people have described it as like a race to the bottom, just the way that like you're trying to get a lot for a little bit of budget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is anyone who's ever worked in the creativity or the creative industry knows that like you have those that triangle of expectations, right? You can have it fast, you can have it cheap, or you can have it good. You can pick two of those, but you can't. Ha- you can never have all three. That's just not yep. how it works. Um, and so, anyway, I just wanted to to preface preface this with the uh, with that bit of context because I don't ever want to seem like we're bagging on people who are just trying to do their job. Yeah, thanks for calling that out. That is uh, definitely something that I wouldn't want to contrive. This isn't, if anything. This definitely isn't the VFX artists and the people who worked on it fault. This feels like a lot of uh, from above decisions. Could be, yeah. Could you know, be. that it would probably influenced and very much your your point is like VFX, there's so many there's so much CG and visual effects now in movies that like Yeah, people are running hot, like you said, underpaid, overworked, and Sometimes you get something that looks amazing, and then sometimes you get something that looks like they didn't have a lot of time to make it work, or there was like, hey, this sequence doesn't work, we need to completely redo it, or, you know, whatever might come to it, and it, it definitely impacts a film. Uh, and in a case of a movie like The Flash, 
where it's going to be a VFX CG spectacle because there's no real way you could make a Flash show without it. Whether no. it's TV or movie, but you know, this was like, we got a lot to do and some of it worked and some of it not so much. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the a lot of the story was conceived in a world where un- budget was never an issue. It felt like because so much of it is done in a way that is not grounded. It's like it's really high concept and uh, imaginative in a way that you need you need a lot of time and money to to pull off and um you probably need like a studio who has been working in this specific part of the effects pipeline to pull it off as well as that they, uh, they hoped to do so. Um, before we get started, I just, I'm going to send you one more picture that I just found. (laughs) Okay. That'll be a little secret for us. If you want to, if you want to find out what we, what we're laughing about, you can join the discord. We'll, we'll post it for you if you ask. Um, but, uh, so let's get into it. The flash 2023. Um, this is the same flash that we meet in the Snyderverse pictures. So that we first were introduced to in Batman V Superman trial of the century, and then uh, that we saw a little bit more of in uh, the two versions of Justice League. And um, that we also saw uh, do a brief cameo in um, uh, in the TV version of The Flash. Yep, the best appearance of this version of The Flash. True, and also <laughs> kind of like a promise that was made, sort of uh, not directly... But you know, sort of a a uh, the suggestion or a promise that was made to the audience that was was to never be paid off. Because I think when I saw the Flash showing up in the TV show The Flash as a multiversal uh, version of Barry Allen, I thought for sure that that was a two way street. Yep, and it is not. Nope, it was a throwaway. It was a throwaway, and. The, all the reasons that I've heard of them not putting Grant Gustin, like even a cameo in this movie, makes even less sense to me now that I've seen the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. There's there's no reason why they couldn't have added Grant Gustin or, a, I mean, all the other, well, some of them show up anyway, but like, yeah, they could have completely added him. No problem. Yeah. yeah what? <laughs> Why is it like a John uh, Wesley ship in this? <laughs> I mean, we all, we only have a few versions of the Flash, but uh, anyway, we'll get into. They're, it. I mean, um, they're still with us, so have them be in it. Uh, yeah, no, this. Um, yeah, that never that that never uh, worked for me. And when Ezra Miller were having their trouble. I was like, yeah, put Grant Gustin in it. Yeah, right. just just do some like uh do some some crazy VFX magic and get, and get it in there. Uh of course that would never happen because the I think now that we've seen the final product, there there was no money to spare. There was nothing left over to go back and do anything. They had to put this out in the way that it was and that was just it. Fair. 
Fair. Because if they had a couple extra extra nickels, you got them. You got to assume they would have went back and just polished up a little bit of here and there. Just a, I mean, just a little bit. Just, just a cut, just a couple bucks, just a couple bucks, or maybe cut some of the stuff you had in it in favor of putting Grant Gustin in it. Sure, you know, there's a, there are several scenes I, I, I would be fine losing. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, pretty much from the start uh, all the way up until Batman shows up. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. I've got so many thoughts anyway. Yeah, you, um, should, you, you should take us on this journey. Since okay. you recently saw it and only my incredulousness I don't blame you. I don't blame, me. <laughs> I don't blame you for not going back and checking it out for the show. I don't I don't think I would either. No, I was just like I've seen I thought about it. I was just like, well, I could sit and play video games or watch this so I can refresh uh, video games. Yep. Yeah, that that coin flip is an easy. That's an easy decision. Decision I think you made. Um, but uh, this is a movie about Barry Allen, who is the Flash, uh, and it's based. I want to say so loosely on the Flashpoint arc of uh, of the comics. I think the really the only thing that they have in common is that the Flash goes back in time, screws something up, and then the future is different. Uh, because of it. Um, and it's about Barry Allen uh, kind of missing his family and missing growing up with a family, um, discovering he can travel through time, and then using that power to try to correct his own past so that he has the life that he wants. Um, doing so leads him in a, down a path where he discovers more about himself and about how time travel works. And then eventually has to fight himself to restore the timeline, and he does it. <laughs> yep. All right, everyone, have a good week. And that's <laughs> it for we are sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. We sure enjoyed making it for you. Um, uh, no, no, no. We've got so much to talk about, but um, uh, right at the, off the bat, we start off with the the flash run now i know that this version of the flash running was something that they're kind of backed into a corner a little bit because they have to use the same sort of aesthetic that was established in the snyderverse movies but um it's just so weird john it's a weird choice the the fact that he is i so first off Let's just start with something positive. I love the zoom effect that they do when he's about to start running really fast. Yeah, it's neat. It's neat. I mean, I think the, the this initial sequence uh, was all right. It it just has that weird like frictionless run. Yeah, I, that's what I heard. Is that that's the that's the the idea behind how it looks because he does a very. Uh, and of course, just to be, I just want to set the table here. Uh, Ezra Miller uses they, them pronouns. We're talking about the flash who uses he, him pronouns. So I'm going to be referring to the flash as he, but that is no disrespect meant, um, to, uh, Ezra Miller. Um, but that being said, like 
there's a loping sort of swimming almost like gliding through the air type motion that they make uh Barry do aka the flash and um I get the idea behind it but I don't think it works no no I I just think Ezra Miller doesn't know how to run I I don't know if that's true but I do know that like whatever the direction was and whatever their concept that they were trying to do, I don't think the slow running while moving fast. I don't think that I, there's too much, even if it's realistic, it doesn't, it, it it doesn't work. If there's too much cognitive disconnect between what you expect to see and what you're seeing for it to not be distracting. I mean, true. I think this is a byproduct of trying not to do Quicksilver Run from the Days of Future Past or whichever. Oh my gosh, John! Which was probably done the best so far. Everywhere in this movie, there you could just see the bar of Quicksilver. Just the Quicksilver sequences from both the times that he was in those uh, X Men movies as the bar and flash just trying to get he's just trying to reach it so hard and he just never gets there uh so but the the zoom out's cool like when they start and he's about to 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 burst into super speed the way that the horizon stretches forward almost elastically as as he rockets forward uh i think is very interesting but like and the run doesn't work for me it is weird and it's a cognitive it just looks silly uh to me and then when they zoomed out like it was working for me okay when they're showing him like all the the scenery like rushing by him so fast but when they zoom out and you start seeing more of the landscape it looks like bad <laughs> it starts to look really bad when he goes over the lake and there's those plumes of water shooting up. I feel like I can see the repeated texture. <laughs> I was immediately reminded of uh, like Cruisin' USA. Remember that old <laughs> arcade game? Yeah, yeah, when you'd hit the water and you know, you'd get all the sprites uh-huh. shooting over the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. very much looked like that to me. That uh, That's the opening sequence of the movie. Yeah, well, you knew you were running into a, 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 a not quite a train wreck, but definitely not into something good i i i thought up to that point was pretty good but yeah like you once it started zooming out we we're seeing more i was like ooh, ooh, no 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 also totally unrelated to the vfx the way that they it feels like they pushed barry allen's character in this movie even further towards the neurotic um he has like ticks and he has uh, and he is like more nervous and stumbling over himself than he was in any of the Snyder movies. They really made him into like a almost Jerry Lewis like character. Yeah, I think that was done at the beginning because they wanted to show character growth. Because I mean, sure, yeah, you know. So I think it was just meant to kind of be like, okay, we gotta, we gotta re level set the audience remind you of what the character was like beforehand so then that way when they start making more 
adult decisions or being, you know, smarter about things that we're seeing, uh, you know, quote unquote growth. That, that, yeah. that's, that was kind of the vibe that I got from it, but yeah, I to think your that's point, right. Go ahead. No, no, I was just, just to your point. It was, it, everything was amped up, especially like at the, uh, cafe scene with the, <laughs> the sandwich or whatever. It's that point. Just like, go get yourself some liquid IV or something. I don't know. Like go to Safeway, but yeah, there's a whole gag in the the start of the movie where uh, Barry needs to consume a lot of calories because he's expending so much through his uh, through his activities as the Flash that he is trying to like carb load before uh, you know uh, uh, the the big mission he has to help uh, Batman with, but uh, he can't because. The guy is making his sandwiches taking too long, <laughs> and the person who re- normally has the sandwich ready for him, ready to go, isn't there. Um, but it also makes it really because, like, they introduce Iris or reintroduce Iris, I guess, because we saw her briefly um, in the Snyder movies, and um, it just makes it really hard for me to imagine why she is so attracted to him and. Because she is, like, putting out 100% of the effort when we meet her. Like, it's obvious that she likes him in a romantic way. And it's really putting out, you know, the signals out into the world that that uh, really should make that obvious. But he's acting like such a like a oblivious goofball <laughs> that he... Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's... It's just tough to imagine why this like uh, beautiful woman would be beautiful, smart woman would be like just giving him all the chances in the world. Yeah, I'm with you. It there's there is never enough time to build that connective tissue mm-hmm. uh, for this to ever make any sense. But it just felt like, well, we should put it in there now so we can start it up. And then, you know, they're like, oh, we're not going to continue any more of these movies. So it's just, it's just like, kind of was like a non-starter. Re- really had nothing to do. I don't really think it had anything to do with the plot. Like, it, I don't really feel like it moved anything along. No, no. I mean, like, it. he he's so caught up with his trying to, to reset his life. I guess I, this is part of the point, right? Is that he doesn't see what how good his life is right in front of him. Um, so he is like, so uh, consumed with chasing the past and, and, and what he could have had that he is, is ignoring what it, he does have. Um, right. Right. So yeah, I guess I... In, in that way is it's, it's at least an interesting conceit. It just, the way that it's structured doesn't work for me. Yeah. It's not strong. The way you said it, would have been cool to have but yeah. it, it's not necessarily set up that way it's, it, it, i guess it really is very longing you know for like a different life or a different take like he definitely feels like a character who would gratefully give away these powers if his mom was still with him type of thing not like yeah and i want to say that the the character who, or the the character of his mother, is very well done. She is like, she, you believe their connection, like the younger version of him and his mother having interactions together, is like really wildly well done. Yep, yep, probably yeah. some of my favorite parts. 
of the movie were those interactions, which I wasn't really expecting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting that they, I, I, I imagine Billy Crudup was not available <laughs> to do this, because, but they did recast Barry's dad as Ron Livingston. Uh, Ron Livingston does a great, a fine job, but it is, it is weird that his dad was recast. Yeah, when I, when I, I, cause I didn't remember the, like the, the one teaser trailer that I watched, so I didn't pay attention to if, you know, Billy Crudup was in it. But then when I saw it, I was like, where's Billy? Yeah, what happened? Cause doesn't yeah. it, in Justice League, doesn't he get him out of prison or something to that effect? Oh, like Bruce Lord. helps him get out of prison or something? Lord, you might be right, but I I've maybe there was the, like a deleted scene or something. Yeah, I mean, look, I've definitely done the purge of the Justice League movie from the <laughs> data bank, so uh, I'm not the most reliable. Okay, fair enough. Person fair enough. to talk about it, but yeah, I thought there was something that kind of helped move something along. I guess maybe got some parking tickets and went back to jail or something. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, right, because wouldn't he be out of... Anyway, I guess it doesn't matter, but the, the whole thing that matters is that, um, you know, Barry gets called into action uh, by Alfred, I believe. Or is it Bat? Or is it Bruce that calls him into action? Either way. No, it's like Alfred calls to do it because Bruce is busy doing Batman things in his weird Spyderco super motorcycle armor thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have to say, love to see the the gray and blue Batman make an appearance. I think that this ver this version of of Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne is always good, and it continues to be good in this movie. Um, really? I liked the Batman sequences. Uh, a uh, kind of. I think again, unfortunately, because of the. The time constraints, I think some of the CG is uh, questionable uh, on the Batman sequences, but um, uh, but I generally enjoyed them. He used a lot of gadgets. He used so many cool gadgets. I was so happy to see the gadgets make a return, and he wasn't just uh, whipping out a Tech-9 and <laughs> going yeah, <he> just, <laughs> just blowing away the dudes. Yep. It's like... Hold on, get the giant jet and just smash the shit out of their car. Yep, don't do because it matter. Civilian casualties, no problem. We gotta get these terrorists. I'm extreme. Yep. Fuck this. Yeah, I mean, this and the warehouse sequence probably the two best moments for Ben, like Ben Affleck, Batman. Yeah. Being like Batman, I think those are both really like. Good segments. I, I I I enjoyed it. It's also always weird to see Batman during the day. Yeah, I did th think about that too. Uh, I mean, I'm happy to know that Batman works day or night, but like at the same time, it's just off. It's just maybe that's weird. That's why he's wearing the blue and gray. Is it that's his daytime camo? Oh, do you think that's like his like makes people feel a little uh, calmer around him or something? Well, I think it just blends in with the like because uh, if he was wearing the 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 black and gray, that would be that would be a lot easier to spot. But blue and gray is that that's that's like classic urban camo colors. Ah, I didn't think about it like that. Hmm. Okay, but then what's up with the crappy weird armor thing he had on the side of him? Well, let's just not talk about that part. <laughs> but, but yeah, the honeycomb know. armor. Meanwhile, honeycomb armor was uh, 
was uh, questionable. Uh, I didn't like it. Every time I saw it, I was like, oh, no, go back to the other part of the suit. I don't want to see that anymore. Yeah, it's like, oh, the cow's cool. The, the, the cape's cool. All right, what's that? Why is it like that? It Because it also doesn't really look like it serves that good of a purpose. Nope. No, it doesn't look like it's all that effective. Uh, interesting choices again by the the design team, but I don't know. It didn't didn't really work for me. Um, let's talk a little bit about the seed where Barry saves all those babies. Oh my! Uh, I had oh somebody described this. I, okay, I don't think the sequence is very good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just let me get that out of the way. But I think somebody described it as a like inspired by Bollywood moment of the movie. And that makes me appreciate it a little bit more because there is that like, there's that vibe to it a little bit. Uh, Bollywood movies do it better, but yeah, way better. <laughs> you can see the inspiration better, maybe like I, I'm not like worried about the, the batshit nature of him rescuing a bunch of babies from a building. That's, or, you know, the f- front part of a building that's uh, collapsing due to a giant massive sinkhole. It's just how it looked. Like with the Alan yeah. McBeal babies. Oh, those be- those babies looked real bad. The They looked very distracting. And again, you mentioned the, the quicksilver of it all. And this scene, maybe more than any other scene in the movie with the Flash is exactly like those Quicksilver scenes, especially the one from, um, uh, it might have been Days of Future Past, the the second Quicksilver scene where he's rescuing everybody from the, the when the, you know, Charles's mansion explodes. Um, and he's like, has to figure out all these like f- creative ways to get people out of the house quickly before it explodes. Like that movie, that part was so satisfying and it felt like it worked on every single level it tried. This is just like, what? (laughs) Oh, also, John, as you probably know, Mm -hmm. the suit was CG for a lot of the scenes. Oh, yeah. But the helmet is not. Yep. The helmet is real. Oh, yeah. And because of that, you get a. A lot of weird moments where the head either looks too big or the head is moving a lot and the body is staying stationary. Just like these it's, very uncanny valley moments where it's just like the because they decided to do it this exact way, it works even less good than it ought to. Well, like yes. Yes, yes. The 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 rotoscoping and the tracking they do with his real head and the CG, either CG costume or sometimes just full-blown CG body was some of the weirdest, most distorted cooking stuff that I've seen in a long time. Like, How about when he... <laughs> are you going to talk when about he... when he's eaten? Oh, <laughs> I wasn't, but please, let's talk about when he's eating and his head seems to grow Grinch-style, two sizes... You, what, uh, what was that? What was it? That 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 is burnt into my brain. Where he's just like, I need more fuel because that's a, you know they're going through the whole thing. He needs to eat. He's 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 starting to slow down. He needs to eat, so he's like trying to eat all his food so he can save these things. And there's just this part where his head is normal size, and then it just grows to like Modoc size real quick. Like it gets 
so huge. He's like, and it's not because he doesn't have a neck thing. It's not. It's just the perspective on it was just so. It was. I think that is a, just like a problem with the CG versus the the real. It, it was just some sort of perspective mix them up because that part is so bizarre. It's a, and it's unfortunate because that joke is pretty funny. The fact that he's like he's diving for the baby. You think he's gonna get the baby? He goes past the baby and right to the snacks. Um, that is that's like a pretty funny joke, but <laughs> the whole part with him just. <laughs> Just his head like changing sides as he eats, and it's like moving around while his body's staying perfectly stationary. Is it just it's, really stuck out to me? It's yeah, it's bizarre. The uh, the Looney Tune dog, right? The, the, yep. the, the, the service dog that just has like he literally just has his like looks like something out of Roger Rabbit. <laughs> it's very cartoonish and bizarre. Uh, but yeah, that whole sequence was, uh, I kept wanting, I kept waiting for me to get those, like, those chills that you get when you see something that's, like, really legitimately cool and it affects mm-hmm. you on that sort of subconscious or, or conscious level, and it just never happened. I was like, ugh, oh, God, ugh. Cause you know me, you know me. I want things to be good all the time. Yep. I never like. I think that like hate watching something is like a waste of your time. I think if you can't find something to enjoy in it, why do it? Uh, and so I kept. I was just like, "Come on, movie, you can do it. This is gonna be cool. This is like I saw it in Days of Future Past. It worked out so well, and uh, it doesn't." It's why at this point I just wait till the movie's over for me to be able to affirm whether it's good or not. Like, yeah. like I just I have to go with such lowered expectations <laughs> because this is like eight minutes into this movie, like if that. Yeah. And this and this is like this is how you're you're setting the tone, and the tone is, oh no, oh no 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 no, because it's on paper. Real cool concept. Definitely seems like something the fl- you know flash thing to do. You got to give him a bunch of hazards. He's super fast, and you can't do just the boring thing. He runs the building, pulls everybody out, puts them off to the side, and call it. They want to have him showcase his thing, and there's some wonderful like debris deformation that's kind of happening, like as he's running up and trying to hop up towards the the, the babies and stuff. But the whole sequence alone just is not. It's it's not that cool moment. It's not that holy shit moment. It it's a holy shit. But not like <laughs> This know? is a this is a big budget Hollywood movie? Oh no. I just felt yeah. like, yeah, you could have just cut that and I'd have been I'd have been all yeah. right with it. You could have like if you needed to save money, you could have cut that entire sequence and just had him do what you would des- described. Just have him like just show it out exterior of the the hospital and show like lightning running through there really fast. Then boom, all the babies, you know, oh, like have the result of him dropping off the babies and the nurse, uh, have the result be the the gag. The, the that's funny, but no, that's not that's not what we get at all. There you go. It's just he's down there, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, here's the microwave. Microwave opens, and then there's a real baby in it versus the uh, the son of the mask baby that was in the inside. <laughs> you're just like oh my god oh my god oh my god so keep the, keep that baby in that microwave yeah <laughs> it should not be 
released uh, on this world. <laughs> that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, there is a little bit of a, a terrifying, uncanny valley aspect to it. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, John, is like, I don't know, are you getting... Is it kind of played out where when Wonder Woman shows up, you always have to do the Hans Zimmer sting? It's, I mean, it is, but I. it's funny you bring that up. I was just... So I rag on Batman v Superman Trial Century a lot, but the soundtrack and it's pretty pretty bopping to me, uh-huh. and I yeah. love Good. her theme. The yeah, me too. It just rocks. So like though it's just like okay, I get it. She's there, and she shows up. It's not always nice to see Wonder Woman anything, but uh, it yeah, it's a it's a little drawn out. But I I I, I still go I still like the music. So okay. it's okay by me. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it is kind of reminding you of, of better music, but uh, I thought the sequence when Wonder Woman had her lasso of truth around uh, the criminal and Bruce, and Bruce starts like saying embarrassing stuff, I thought that was pretty funny, and he's trying to get it's, it off of his arm. It's a little un, out of character for Batman, but I, mean, I thought it, it was funny. It's funny, but they did it in Justice League. It's the same joke. Yeah, I Remember, guess you're right. <laughs> it's 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 the same joke so i was just like eh, didn't need it mm, yeah mm. that is a weird it, it it's weird for her cameo to be so throwaway like that like if anyone could kind of uh, talk to barry about like not regretting the past and stuff it's the person who uh it took permanent. over it took over her like a stranger's life for a week and implanted her her dead ex boyfriend's conscious in this stranger, and then used the stranger's body for <laughs> whatever she wanted for a week. Without, I mean, that's the person who could tell you, hey, maybe don't. You know, I tried it out. I had this whole wishing stone. Don't worry about it. it was in the eighties. Yeah, you wouldn't remember that. I don't even think you were born then. Uh, type of thing. Or like I don't know the the person who permanently is, you know, aged, what, nine, ten, when his parents were murdered, and kind of tell you like, look, I could tell you I've been doing this for so long now that it, like, I'm trying to do it to save people, but it's not necessarily going to do anything that would bring them back. Yeah, and I think Batman gets that nice moment where he he really gives Barry some very good advice um, and a great performance by Ben Affleck in that moment. Um, but that is sort of reversed because the uh, Barry's been waiting for some um, evidence that will exonerate his father. Uh, some th- because there was a. Um, some security cam footage of his dad getting the 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 tomato the can of tomatoes from the store um that that proves that he wasn't the person who killed his uh killed Barry's mom or his wife I should say um not Barry's wife but you know whatever Barry's mm-hmm. dad's wife you know what I'm talking about Barry's mom uh yeah, I got you I'm picking up what you're putting down <laughs> thank you uh but but that doesn't. It, it turns out, yeah, the, the, he cleaned up the footage and everything's crystal clear. But unfortunately, um, his dad was looking down the whole time. Yep. So um, he couldn't get their face on camera. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't. It's not the exonerating evidence that he thought. And that is the thing that really sets him off. He goes to his childhood home, 
and has a whole flashback and and um flashback <laughs> and then <laughs> enters the speed force i thought this sequence was pretty cool the the sequence where he stretches out uh where he's like you know breaking the barrier and going into the speed force most anything like that in this movie i think are, are probably the high points because mm-hmm. there, there weren't really like any real world things to latch on to like and time travel is such a you know we don't know what it really looks like sure if you could do it so i think this is a good interpret interpretation of it especially yeah the stretching out the moving the the shifts in color like even when they do that little weird like time sphere i think that stuff looks cool yeah did so is is the time sphere and the zoetrope because when he goes into when he Ooh, goes into the a different yes no what i'm saying that that looks good i'm not talking about the zoetrope sequence they choose to show barry traveling through time with a really what i'm going to say is a interesting idea they have him in the center and he's surrounded by a ball of lightning he is running in place but all around him is like a coliseum of zoetropes it's like these different tiers of zoetropes that are showing the same thing and there is these they've condensed moments of time into these vignettes that are just like amalgams of the things that were going on sort of composed in a very zoetrope style um and for whatever reason instead of trying to do like shadows or <laughs> photographs or some sort of stylistic conceit that would would allow you to do a lot of stuff for a decent amount of budget. They choose just like Polar Express or yep, uh, yep. or just like early two thousand CG um, as their stylistic conceit, and that is consistent throughout. And it always looks bad. And that wouldn't be a problem if all they did was like show it in the background while we're focusing on Barry, but several really important plot points are displayed in this manner. And so we spent a lot of time sitting with it. We spent a lot of time close up on it. Mm -hmm. All like, Hey, Hey, you out there, have you not seen the movie, but you have heard that there are cool cameos by people that uh, may have played Superman or may not have. Guess what? They're all done in this style. So they look terrible, <laughs> unfortunately. It, it is by far probably some of the worst CGI in modern superhero movies I've seen. It is, it, yeah, it it's is so it unfortunate. Is, it is bafflingly a bad choice. I'm just and this is the thing that... Go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to flat out say it. It just was a bad choice. It is not doing what you think it does. And when you said Polar Express, you brought me back to Deadeye Tom Hanks, which is an <laughs> impossibleness. But you are 100% right. It is like Polar Express. It is Polar Express is like that benchmark for the Uncanny Valley. You can just yeah. look back at that and be like, okay, that didn't work. Yeah, thank you, Zemeckis. No, thank you. Like, <laughs> keep that over there. And this is this is no different. This was, it. Oh, holy smokes! 
it is some of it is so bad like when you, you when you catching superman in it and i'm like <laughs> oh henry cavill uh, like they already did henry cavill so dirty by being like hey you're coming back as superman go ahead and announce <laughs> it on instagram and then they're like just kidding you'll never be back as superman and then they're like oh by the way you do have a cameo you we're not gonna pay you for it or bring you in but instead we're just gonna have this dead-eyed like we were talking about that Bashir plate earlier. Mm-hmm. This is the Bashir plate from DS9 version of Superman. Like it it looks like Henry Cavill in only the most generous of comparisons. It it, it felt like an early video game model for like a cut Man of Steel video game. Yeah. Yeah, it, but, it, but the, like before they did any of the facial animation or blend chains or that, anything, I mean, he just has a dead eye, no expression face. Like, give him, give him an expression. Use what they had. It was in the Justice League movie. I'm pretty sure he was angry. Show him angry instead of just like, like yeah. It, or hey, he's not the only one. Oh yeah. Ben Affleck's Batman when he oh throws the when he throws the battering and then to prove Barry's the Flash, it also just like expressionless dead eye. We just saw him. You can't do this movie. We know what he looks like. We just saw him in an earlier scene. You can't show me this model and expect us to buy it. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's another shot that you actually have. Just splice <laughs> yeah. the bits of film together to do this. You know. Like, it's funny, uh, they did a version of this on Doom Patrol um, with Beast Boy. Beast Boy goes into some sort of some sort of place where he's like connected to nature, the green or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sees like there's several cameos in that. Uh, but they're just clips. They're like just like a window that's like surrounded by electricity, and we see like a clip from uh, something that else is like that's been filmed somewhere else, uh, or just a clip from an old show. When I saw that, I was like, "This is pretty lame. Don't do it this way." But then I saw this, and I was like, "Go see what they did." Someone should be talking to the Doom Patrol guys. They, you, you already had it. You could have done it that way. You could have. It had been so much. It, you could have taken the time and, you know, frankly, the time and money that was devoted to that, use the clips that you had, and then put it towards the whole baby sequence. Or the sure. or the end sequence when they're fighting in a flat desert USA. You know what uh, I mean? Like, <laughs> endless desert. You know, I mean, like, yeah, the salt flats go on forever. You ever been to Utah? It's just like that. Yeah, just completely just devoid of any sort of shape, mound, hill, or whatever, because it's sand, and we know sand is perfectly flat and uh, doesn't change depending on wind, time of day, or whatever. No! No, It's it's salt flat. It's where they do all the, they break all the land speed records. Um, But yeah, no, that's that whole, that whole sequence. I was just like, what is this? Like the sphere, everything that gets us to that point, great. Then everything outside of it was like, no, 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 yeah. please don't do this to us. Like it, and you can, and don't go by saying that, oh, well, it's intentionally this way because we're trying to show it from Barry's perspective. Is that's, did anyone that's, ever say that? That's what um, uh, the director, Andy Musetti said. 
How, it's, oh, I'll find uh, you the direct quote, but like the quote was okay, like, but it's because he grew up with like PS2 era graphics, is that what they're trying to say? Like his memory is in PS2. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. <laughs> He's, He's like at- he loved PS2 era cinematics, and they're just and he was like, "That's what I I have just like nonstop watched the intro to Silent Hill, and I want their characters to be that featureless <laughs> and, and rigid." Okay, I mean, sure. I don't think that's I don't know. I I don't know what happened on that production, so I can't say for sure. I know that the person who did the VFX probably might disagree that that was a, entirely an intentional choice, but. Again, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I would so like well, to I'm see not. those notes. Like, I would like to see what those notes were if that is indeed the, you know, if that is indeed the case. It yeah. isn't. We know it isn't. But I would love to see someone go like, oh, yeah, this is the way we, uh, you know, we, we intended it to kind of have this weird type of vibe because it's really just from his perspective. And I'd be like, well, that if that was your choice, that was uh, not a great choice. Um, mm, not at all. No. Um the Flash's uh, plan is to go back to the point where his mother was shopping and give her the extra can of tomatoes um, that that she didn't get the first time. That way, her uh, that his dad wouldn't go out, and presumably, whatever happened that led to her murder would not have happened. Um, he does that, but when he comes back into the Speed Force to go back to his time. He is pushed out by a very rough-looking customer. Um, uh, this this character who's like an evil Flash, and he's got... He looks like... If I'm being charitable, I think that costume design looks a little bit like a Power Rangers villain that Rita sure. Repulsa is about to grow into a larger Power Rangers villain. Uh, I definitely had the moment where, you know... I haven't been necessarily super charitable to the costume designs on the Flash TV show, especially when it comes to villains like Savitar um, was was pretty nuts. Um, but then I saw this design and I was like, you should have talked to those guys. You just took <laughs> they knew how design. to stretch a dollar. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They definitely they, they definitely have a couple bucks. Uh, they, they, they definitely know how they take a yeah, cute couple coupons and make it work. Yeah. Cause are... spoiler alert, this is the exact same plot as the Savitar arc on the flash TV show. Yeah, it is. And you called it. I mean, you called it from a, a million miles away. I think from the trailer, if I remember correctly. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Was, I think I saw a version. I think I saw a toy, like uh, a shot of the toy. And I was like, that looks like a melted flash suit, a specifically the Batman flash suit that we saw in the trailers. And I was just like, oh, man, I hope it's not. But, I mean, even when you said it, then I was like, he's probably right. Like, <laughs> what else are you going to do? Because, like, this whole General Zod thing seems like it's so out of left field. that like, He's also... <laughs> he's also... When we introduced a dark flash... Evil Flash, whatever they call him in this movie, he's just like up in the zoetrope, just like, like he looks like he's in the audience, <laughs> like he's mad with how Barry is traveling through time. <laughs> ah! And he just comes out and knocks him out. He knocks him out, and he's not like it's too soon. He, you know, he goes back and he finds out his mom's alive. Everything seems to be going great, but he's he's uh, he's many years too early. 
Um, and uh, he, the, the character doesn't know yet that we're talking about multiverse, multiverse, right? The audience does because mm-hmm. we've already seen the trailer, which already kind of spilled the beans in that regard. But Barry doesn't know that this is, he thinks it's his timeline. And if he doesn't get himself to turn into the Flash, then he'll lose his powers. Uh, so he forces his younger self to become the Flash, even though he doesn't want to. Totally, like, his younger self is having a, like, his younger self is living a, his best life. But uh, Barry forces him to go to a lab that he, his, his younger self no longer works at, because that's not the timeline that he's in. And he's able to just get in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. No problem. Even though I think it's supposed to be a forensics lab. Uh, but no, I guess anyone can just go in and then, you know, receive that strike of lightning. Of course, it happens a little bit differently because the other Barry won't sit down in his chair. And so our Barry has to keep shoving him down and forcing him to become the Flash even though it's not clear if he wants to. And uh, because of this, Bear, the other, the Barry, our Barry, gets hit by the lightning, which causes his tooth to fly out. Again, <laughs> not explained. It just happens. Uh, and that causes our Flash to lose not only a tooth, but also his powers. That is correct. Uh, and so pretty much like the rest of the movie, or at least the next, I guess the middle act is about our flash getting his powers back after forcibly making his younger alternate dimension self get powers. Now, spoiler alert, his actions in this timeline causes his other self to die. Mm Mm-hmm. He objectively had a great life. He had his mom in his life. He was doing good. You know, he's kind of like a burnout a little bit, but like that's just his path. No, there's no judgment there. Sure. But but Barry just like ruins this timeline. Takes a big old dumperoo on it. Makes his timeline double sacrifice himself for the greater good of everything. Uh and then it's just like, "Oh, well." <laughs> and it just moves on. I mean, look, when you break a timeline, sometimes you break a timeline. There ain't nothing much you can do about it. You can't make a movie without breaking a couple timelines, as they say. Exactly. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I guess we wouldn't have a movie if he doesn't go through all of this. Right. That's always the the excuse that can be made. It just, like, it makes our Barry seem, like, really terrible. Like, he is... I guess, to your point, he does grow eventually. But in this moment, he is just, like, the most thoughtless person ever. Okay, granted, he doesn't know about the whole multiple time, like, doesn't know that it's, like, an actually alternate universe and not uh, just his same timeline. So you can forgive him a little bit. But, like, considering what happens to that Flash, it is so fucked up, (laughs) all the stuff that he does to him. Well, it literally takes him fucking with this alternate version of himself to understand that, like, to to become a better Flash or to become a better person. It literally took destroying this life that was completely fine until he tried to, you know, change some events. 
Yes. And yeah. the... He... <laughs> so he needs to get his powers back, right? Uh, so that's like the conflict in the middle of the movie. And, uh, and of course, he also finds out that Oh geez, Zod! Like the events of Man of Steel are have started to happen because that's how uh, that's the uh, part of the timeline he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one knows who Superman is, so that is like, oh geez, Superman doesn't exist, and so the the, the this is an issue. However, ba- they do find out Batman does exist, and of course, Barry thinks it's the Ben Affleck Batman, and that sets them off on the quest to go find Batman, and that's when we are introduced to. Uh, Pasta Bruce is what I will call him. You call him Pasta Bruce? A spaghetti Bruce, because this whole sequence is about, not only is it about Bruce making spaghetti, and a, then there is a, a funny fight where non-powered Barry gets like smacked around a lot, and powers Barry, of course, Batman can't touch him. Um, but uh, not only is it about making pasta, but the entire concept of the multiverse is explained using spaghetti so it really makes me think this is like a work back from a see like an idea you had moment we're like oh wait a minute if he had a bowl of spaghetti he we could explain the entire timeline thing so how are we gonna get that spaghetti moment and then this scene is the result i mean you know what not a bad uh not a bad explanation of the multiverse, I guess. It's not, John. It's not at all. How does Batman know all this stuff, though? Well, it's Batman. Okay, yes, that's true. Batman is very smart. Yeah, it's, but just, it's just Batman. He's never like, oh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm the Batman with the most meme. Anyway, I <laughs> well, what you, went over, I crossed over to multiverse. What you didn't see <laughs> on the counter right next to where he was making pasta... Uh-huh. Was Stephen Hawking's Black Holes and Babies <laughs> Universes that he just happened to be reading. Uh, as he just some light reading since he obviously seemed like he'd sort of retired from being Batman or he doesn't do it as often anymore. And that, oh, he is like, you know, speaking of Grey Gardens, he has gone full Grey Gardens. Alfred died and woo. Uh, Bruce does not know how to take care of himself. Yeah. But he's getting into art, so he's getting into art, and he learned how to cook for himself. He's certainly—I mean, as far as spaghetti goes, he is. Yeah, I mean, is, I don't uh, really eat spaghetti, but I, I guess it looked good. Yeah, sure, it's a fine spagoot. Um, <laughs> but definitely uh, not eating it if it's called spagoot. No, no, I, I think you're right. I, I think you're—that's a good—that's uh, a good way of, of of putting it. But, um. So, yeah, he knows everything about the multiverse. Never explained why. He just does. And explains to Barry Allen that, hey, there are moments in the timeline. There's, like, all these different timelines. But there are moments in the timeline that are always going to happen. Um, and and you screwed up one of those, and so it kind of it threw everything out of whack. Um and uh and remember that concept really keep that in your mind because that is going to play a big point in the movie later hey hey audience member hey were you drawn in 
by all the marketing about Supergirl and Batman being a big part of the movie, well, uh, maybe you're like a maybe you're a big Michael Keaton Batman fan, and yeah. you just love him, and you want to see him do more Batman shenanigans. Uh, bad news. <laughs> <laughs> He will die in this film, and he will continue to die yeah. uh, over and over again, and there's no way for him to be saved. Guess what? Same thing for Supergirl. She's yeah. great. She's a great new character that I want to see more of. No dice. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. You're not going to. Uh, don't get attached. Get don't walk into this movie trying to get attached. You can deal with the Keaton Sants, right? Everyone's loving them. He seemed like he was in the movie. That's sure. I'll, I'll give some of his uh, performances. Uh, like all the, the, the taglines or catchphrases that are all used in wrong context. Like the, the, the most exasperated, I'm in my 60s, let's get nuts. <laughs> yep. Again, we talked about this before, but it went. It, there is no context in the movie that makes it make more sense. It makes just as least amount of sense. Um, the part where they go rescue Supergirl is cool. Yeah. Uh, I think that the part where Supergirl beats up all those uh, Russian soldiers is very cool. Yep. I even like the weird shot, you know, like they shot it in the trailer with his hand up, then he puts it down and she's behind the fist somehow, just knew perfectly where to stand. But Yep, and yeah. like they've never had an interaction before together, but it kind of seems like she, he is like directing her, but that's not established at all how they've never communicated up until this point. Like they just found her in a pit, uh, all emaciated, and then she went out in the sun, got her powers back. And then beat up a bunch of Russians. It seems like they were coordinated, but, but again, a no context to make that make sense. Could um, speak English, even though you just assume that she was sure. captured by Russians, who I'm sure were speaking English around her. So that's yep, directly yeah. after she landed. Um, but yeah, Sasha Kelly is gr- is great. Yeah, Kelly, Kaye, uh, Sasha Kaye. I'm not. Nope. Nope. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with your first one, even though that doesn't seem right, but I'm gonna go with that. Yeah. Um because I my I cannot make accent sounds with my mouth. So if someone sure. has a real cool I'm just like, Yeah no, Callie it is. But she Sorry. is like she's gorgeous, she is powerful, she does a great job. It's a version of Supergirl that I really liked. Um she gets nothing to do in this movie. She has like what feels like uh, five lines. Um, That's generous. Yeah, she does. Uh, she does a lot with it. I think she does like she does as much as she possibly can. Um, but her purpose is to like show up, um, to <laughs> to see Barry get electrocuted, trying to get his powers back because he's working with Batman to try to get his powers back. Uh. <laughs> And then just take him up into the wordlessly take him up into the sky so he can get electrocuted more. <laughs> the way that that scene is blocked, it's not clear to me that she was there the whole time. It very much seems like she shows up right as he is just like smoking from being electrocuted a bunch, and is like no one says anything, and she just shows up and she's like, "No, I see what you're trying to do here. You're trying to kill this annoying guy. 
All right, I'll just take him up into the sky so he can really get the full brunt of a lightning bolt. That's what he was missing. Needed more lightning bolt. That moment seemed like it was supposed to be so meaningful, like have so much gravitas and, and, and stuff. And then it just doesn't like why she does it and when she does it, like doesn't make sense. There's all these like moments that felt like they were thought of separately uh, and sort of in, in isolation. And then they kind of tried to connect them together uh, in a way. Um, and this is definitely, that was definitely one of them, but yeah, you mentioned it before when they fight Zod in that featureless desert. I don't really remember the part from Man of Steel all that well, but I feel like it was it it set the scene and 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 constructed the environment in a way where it was easier to tell where we were. Well, uh, it, well one, it was a military base, right? That they were at, um, and it just felt like yeah, you were in Nevada because not everything went on forever you see this scene this is like the biggest desert that has ever existed with the mountain ranges so far away from where they were it's just so i don't know it's just so nondescript like i mean it was just like uh well it's a desert so that way we don't have to worry about like any sort of buildings or anything else we can just blow everything up and then we also don't have to worry about dealing with people complaining that no one's saving people in the cities or whatever because it's just this self-contained part within the desert yeah exactly and they uh, realize without superman zod's just going to destroy everything so the they it's up to them to go uh take them out um and uh they kind of seem like they have the upper hand for a little bit um two flashes and a supergirl for some reason <laughs> bizarre to me like that's enough power the power level there is should equal one zod uh especially one zod who's still like not been like imbued with the the sun so much right he's right still his ship. he still he's has this. his suit on he's still he's like breathing krypton air and he doesn't know how powerful he possibly could be yeah he's just kind of doing this thing but it, it, instead it is yeah just like oh no he he's to be fair he is a trained you we would assume he is a trained combatant yeah so he'd know how to fight and bear both berries never really struck me as you know super fighters but they should have taken it but that's but that's the thing for us you're looking for reason for this and this whole this whole thing had no reason, no drive other than the the reveal of you know evil Barry. Yeah, because it, basically they they kind of loosely set up the fact that Barry is attracted to Supergirl. There's never any like dialogue between them that would make you think that they actually end up together or there's anything more to this relationship than just kind of a one-sided infatuation. So it makes the, it makes the lengths that Barry is that like other Barry is willing to go to save her kind of, uh, I mean, not kind of extremely far fetched because like, I it should be that he is scared of losing his parents because Zod is taking over everything and will destroy the planet, right? I mean, yeah, you would you would think so, but I think it was I think it 
It is Barry realizing that, you know, he's going to lose his mom again. So this is just like another loss that might be too far because it's another death that's kind of falling on his hands or, you know, quote unquote. Hands. Right. But it's the Barry that hasn't lost his mom that that ends up going back in time and trying to save Supergirl. So he doesn't even have that loss to go to, to tap into. He doesn't have that feeling. That's true. Maybe he's never lost anyone, so he doesn't like the idea of losing anyone. It could be. I mean, they met, as far as I can tell, they met... About 12 minutes ago. 12 hours, minutes or hours. Like, they have, their relationship has, it has progressed enough to be an infatuation and really not much else. And... (laughs) Just... But that... but it is enough to make him do the same mistake that that he has been suffering through with the other Barry. Like, he's seen the consequences of what time travel does. But he's like, oh, maybe I can do it this time, but I can do it right. Uh, and so he does the thing where he's like, he's going to save, because both Batman and Supergirl die. All is lost. So he goes back and tries to fix it. And then we go back to the zoetrope, unfortunately. And we see Supergirl and the the this version, you know, the the younger Flash die over and over and over again. Or not, he doesn't die, but she dies over and over again. And he can't do it. He can't save him. And the old the Elderberry realizes Elderberry. <laughs> okay, the Elderberry uh, realizes that uh, you know what? I'm just gonna call him Elderberry from now on. I think that's fun. Uh, Elderberry realizes that um, this is one of those pasta-crossing nexus points <laughs> that Batman referred to earlier, and it is something that that cannot be changed. And no matter how many times you go back, it wouldn't wouldn't uh, happen. Um, we see Barry tries to phase through a piece of metal that's flying at him, and then it gets embedded in his arm. Uh, but he just uses it as a weapon. Uh, um, feels fine, I guess, <laughs> to stab people with. Yeah, I mean, something that is now molecularly bonded to you through your atoms mixing with that, even though he could probably shake and drop it out instead. He... You'd think so, but he, he just instead looking. just, like, keeps collecting these little pieces of metal. <laughs> little shards, yeah. And the and the minute we see that we I think uh, any eagle-eyed viewer would connect this to the the dark flash that we saw earlier, um, and indeed it is revealed that he has been trying for so long <laughs> uh, that he has aged a lot, even though he's been trying to go back to the same moment, and his suit's all fucked up, and he's gone, he's he's just unhinged. Um, and uh, that's really the catalyst for our Barry to have his character growth to see, hey, you know, I'm seeing someone else do what I did. I see how destructive it is. I know that we can't do that. We just have to accept loss and, and, and grow from it. Um, and so uh, the the Elderberry, the Elder Elderberry <laughs> tries to kill <laughs> the eldest ba- The Eldest Barry. The Eldest Barry tries to kill Elderberry. Uh, Fresh Barry jumps in front <laughs> of the blast and is and is or in front of the 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 scythe thing and is uh, stabbed and and dies forever. Um, 
So that version of his mom, who is not dead, has to go, has to deal with the 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 the, the shock and horror of losing her 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 kid. Uh, so he's really he's not only not brought his mom back, but he has ruined another version of his mom mm-hmm. <laughs> in a completely different way. Uh. <laughs> And that's, you know, this is the scene where we get all the cameo, all the the, the Ballyhooed cameos, John, uh, appear. Because not only do we get the concept of a zoetrope, but we get these orbs of film strips, like these globes that are constructed of film strips start to crash through his zoetrope space. Uh, and this is like the other timelines having a, I guess what you would call an incursion event. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what they call it in Marvel. But, uh, this is where we get all the cameos and they are done in this very poor CG of the zoetrope uh, scenes and. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Like in one instance, I I like the concept. Why not? I like, like sure. I like the idea. It's just kind of if they listen, John. What I expected was like an Endgame type moment where all the flashes and all the Supermen come out and they just beat the crap out of Zod. I was like hoping that would happen. Nope, they're just there to kind of be like, huh? Well, yeah, it's not like they do anything or really it makes any sense of it, <laughs> so, uh, other than them just going like this will be really cool like put this yeah in there. we also get a bunch of versions of superman and only like one other flash which seems so crazy considering that this is the flash movie yeah. uh we get so many and then like we get you know we get a little bit of adam west batman should have had a lot more of that uh, but uh, so much time is spent on Superman, and it is so bizarre. Again, Henry Cavill, still with us, still will. He's, I bet that suit still fits like a glove. Yeah, I'm sure he can look great in it. He is not featured <laughs> in this. Nope. It is. We get like, uh, we get very black and white Superman, a black and white version of the Flash in his own zoetrope space that I. Everyone assumed was the person who played uh, that character from the Flash TV show, but it wasn't, even though it looks a lot like him. Yeah, I don't know who it was. Like, I don't it's know who that... Buddy John. <laughs> oh, really? All right, well. They zoom up on his face like we should recognize him, but nope. He's just some dude. Yeah, I had no idea. I was like, who? which actor? Is that the dude who played him in the TV show? That's neat, I guess. Nope. All right, nope. I didn't realize that. Okay, fair enough. Exactly. And he has, like, just like Barry's head is constantly looking disconnected from his body, his head looks disconnected from his body, but he's all CG. So there's that just breaks your brain. Uh, we get a very, what should be a very, like, heartwarming sequence with, uh, with Christopher Reeve Superman. But he looks terrible. It's, it's impossible to take seriously. It, when that showed up, I was like, oh, this will be pretty neat, right? They'll show this, and I'm going to really, you know, it's like I could tell by the, the shield, which Superman we were getting. I was like, oh, okay, this will be cool to see. Never mind. 
Nope. Never mind. And you're hanging on to him too long, too. I think that's... Yeah, and maybe he would say something, like... Like, maybe he would, like, give some advice to Barry or have some... He's just like, whoa, weird. Did you see what's happening? This is. I don't know how to punch this. You think the cellophane shield for my chest will fix it? I'm going to throw a cellophane at him, see what happens. Yeah, maybe that'll stop this. It did nothing. It did nothing. Yeah, yeah. and we uh, we get Helen Slater... In a CG glory with a very CG hair, uh, as as his Supergirl. True, and, and that's that's kind of fun. Yeah, but we didn't get Brandon Routh. Nope, no, <laughs> not any of the other Superman that you could. You literally have you got uh, you got like uh, the guy who did it on Smallville. Uh, you probably don't want to bring Dean Kane back, but you got him too. You got him. You, you got Tyler Hulkner or whatever the guy's doing exactly. Him now. He's doing it right now. He's got a suit in his closet. He could get just call him, get him on the phone. He'll be down ten minutes. Yeah, and then you and then like even with the other flashes, like you said, John Wesley Snap. Nope. Nope. Uh, Grant Gustin. Nope. Shh, they, shit. They only show the one flash, John. This is so bonkers. And in, and again in a flash movie, more more Superman than we know what to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The biggest the one that everyone's talking about, Nicolas Cage. Okay. You not everyone knows that Nicolas Cage was gonna be Superman, I have to believe. So uh, for the majority of the audience who saw this movie, that had to be a big head scratching moment. Why is Nicholas Nicholas Cage A is not in the movie. <laughs> it is a CG model of Nick Cage. Uh, fighting a big spider, which you would only know that reference if you listened to the Kevin Smith mm-hmm. live show where he talks about the producer's obsession with giant spiders and him fighting a giant spider in the movie. This is a movie that doesn't exist and you're referencing, and you reference it for so long. Yeah, it's, it is for those in on the inside who know that, it's it's a... It's a cool Easter egg. It's, yes. It, right? If it looked good at all, if it would it have been good, an amazing it would, moment. It would have been an amazing For moment. For me personally. Even if it had nothing to do with what you're doing or them, again, all cheering on Barry or something. Like, they're just all creepily staring. And yeah, Deadeye Nicholas Cage. Uh, yeah, yeah had to... fight. He beats up a spider. We get a long sequence with him fighting that spider. It has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah, it is it is quite the longest of sequences for 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 this. And I actually thought the model looked okay until we saw his eyes, because he had the little heat vision sure. eyes. It's like okay, well that way I don't have to look through the the dead eyed souls of these these uh, what simulacrums or whatever, whatever you call yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> simulacrum. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that's, that's a very good. It's a very good word for it. Uh, uh, but yeah, like it, it, I could see a bunch of people. Why was Nicholas? Is that it? That was weird to put him in this versus. Oh no, let me explain this really long-winded explanation of why uh, Nicholas Cage Superman was in this movie for no reason. Truly, yeah. Um, and uh, so we get all these quote-unquote amazing cameos. Uh, it just feels it. It feels 
because it has nothing to do with what's actually happening, it feels so much like fan service that it is, and it would be, it would have been so much more meaningful to Barry to see other berries. Uh, having to like noticing him and knowing that their like uh their reality would collapse because that's his what he actually has a personal connection with, or maybe not. Maybe because he is is okay with his other alternate version, like just totally getting waxed. That he that wouldn't he needs to see Superman. That's who he really cares about. I don't know. Um, but. It's not uh, even. It's not even really like between all the films, you could say that Superman and Flash were friends. No, they had that one race that's only in the Joss Whedon version. Yeah, but other than that, like you don't see it, it is Batman. It should have been a bunch of more Batman. Yeah, or or you just do the cavalcade and you do all the versions of all the heroes he's been with beforehand so you give us like linda carter wonder woman you give right you just give us the the you give us a smorgasbord of all these different just to show that the the uh, multiverse is collapsing or you know like it's and have one of them be like you've got to restore the timeline barry yeah like just to have have them have any impact on what's going on yeah that doesn't happen uh he comes to this conclusion entirely on his own uh, his his younger self makes that sacrifice. All is seemingly put back to normal. He goes back to his time, uh, leaving dead Michael Keaton and Sasha Kelly <laughs> on that endless desert. Just uh, bodies in his wake. Just bodies, bodies, bodies everywhere, but not a drop to save. And um, he, uh, you know, he he went back in time and he changed one thing. He's like. Uh, hey, just like here, I'll put the the tomato can, this one tomato can that I know he'll want. I'll put it on the top shelf so he looks up, and you can see his face, uh, his dad's face, and that will, will means that the evidence that they found will exonerate him, and it does. And his dad is released, and if, uh, you know, uh, you know, he didn't get exactly what he wanted, but his, things are looking better until he gets a call from Bruce. Someone, little someone called Bruce Wayne, and uh, someone, and then the Bruce pulls up in the same car we saw him before. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be Ben, Aff- ben Affleck, right? Wrong. <laughs> well, then it's definitely going to be like Val Kilmer with some CG business, and you know, uh, you know, with the same CG we saw before. No, wrong. Wrong. Who do you think of? Who is a name that's as synonymous with Batman? That's right. It's George Clooney shows up. That's the big, that's the big shocker moment at the at the end of this movie, is that he still hasn't fixed this, fixed the timeline. He still screwed everything up. And George Clooney is Batman in this version. You know, great for George Clooney coming down doing it. I'm I'm glad that he got a chance to be Batman again. But uh, man, was this a big dud for me. The whole movie ends with Barry being like, "What the heck." And then his tooth falls out, dropped credits. Yeah, it's, it was almost like the movie just ended with a fart joke. <laughs> That's the end of the movie, John. Yeah. His tooth falls out. <laughs> Remember yeah. when that happened earlier for no reason? You have any super glued it back into place or something? Yeah. Or, yeah, 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 I know, I know. Did you, did you watch the uh, after credit scene at all? I sure did. did. I yeah. sure did. Yeah. Yeah, that was another... 
Why did I hang around in the movie theater for this? Yeah, it's just drunk Aquaman, right? And he's just he just it, ends up in a puddle. Yeah, it's just it's yeah, Barry trying to explain the multiverse to drunk Aquaman. Yeah. Which should have been like the dude from Titans who played him <laughs> in Smallville cuz if you if you're going to do this from this point or whatever then you might as well. Might as well do this versus like, oh, he just happened to be near set or something. They're like, hey, Jason Momoa, can you play a drunk Aquaman? He's like, can I? And then that was, I mean, that was I'm it. drunk right now. Yeah, let's get it going. Give me on. Do I got to say anything coherent? Nope. Cool. Do <laughs> you get... have to understand what I'm saying at all? Oh, I get to just lay in a puddle for 50% of the shooting time? Great. Great. Uh, yeah, that, uh, I mean, I know that they, they can't set up anything, um, because there's nothing to set up, but that was, why have a after credit sequence at all? If it's going to be that, like, are they going to wrap it up in Aquaman? Is he going to be like, Ooh, I glad I sobered up anyway. uh, Let me call, (laughs) let me call (laughs) George Clooney Batman. Like the worst part is, you know what? George Clooney, yeah, that that felt like a troll. If they could have gotten Christian Bale, I'd have been like, okay, that's pretty neat. Why? Yeah. Why not? Even though Christian it, Bale apparently read the script and was like, no way. I, I don't blame him. No, uh, I'm not doing this. I'm Christian Bale. Oh, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, look, you're not wrong. Like, I mean, it didn't really. I've never been more unsatisfied with the ending of a movie in a long time than with this. Like there's, there's no end cap. There's nothing to wrap it up. It was just, here's some <laughs> zany shit. Like a... Yeah. I mean, it might as well have ended with the, 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 the that's all folks. It's the three stooges. But this was like with Three Stooges with Shemp. <laughs> no Dude, why haven't they one? done why haven't they done a Three Stooges where he goes to all the multiverses and sees Shemp and it's like not that one. No. Um Yeah, I don't know, man. It was like that was it felt like they it felt that ending is the equivalent the movie equivalent of a shrug just like i don't know yep yep it it, and the think about all the hype all the drama (laughs) and everything that led up to this (laughs) talk about talk about just like writing checks that your your mouth writing checks that your butt can't cash that is just the the poster child for everyone like oh this was a great movie you know yeah, like people... people were saying it's the best superhero movie that's ever been made i can't believe you would go on the record and say that it's i mean look we we all know hyperbole is a thing but it was like no this isn't this isn't this isn't good at all like this is this is is it the worst dc universe movie no not by a long shot. Not by a long shot. <laughs> Although, uh, you know what, John? I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that. Go, go ahead because... and think about it. Marinate on it. I know I'm, I'm hitting you with something real deep. 
Okay. To me, it's not the worst. It's not the best. Nope. But it's definitely not the worst. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I heard there was a version of the ending where Barry, it, it, like, the, the uh, Bruce Wayne gets out of his car and Barry, and they, they pan up, but they don't show his face. They just show somebody getting out of the car and then it cuts to Barry and Barry goes, who the fuck is this? And then it goes to black. That, even with the F-bomb, that would have been funny. I think leaving it up to the imagine, like it could have been Christian Bale, could have been Val Kilmer, could have been any one of the other Batman. I think that is what they, no offense to George Clooney, of course. I mean, what the fuck does he care? He's doing great. George Clooney's living his best life out there. But uh, like that would have been a slightly better ending. Would it have fixed everything? Not even, not by a long shot, but it would have been better than the do you, 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 you. Yeah, I I don't want the crop dusting that I got from this one. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, you're right. That would have at least given me something and it would have ended. I mean, I don't know. It ended the same. It just would ended to me like, why was this movie made in the first place? You could conceivably use that to set up the James Gunn version. Could have. Because that could have been that person getting out of the uh, car. And then when you introduce the James Gunn Batman, uh, people could fill that in. It just like there's so many possibilities. It, it felt like a much more uh, the ambiguous ending. I think would have been a much funnier. It would have been a funnier joke, and it would have been a more satisfying ending. I think. Yeah, I mean, given that they had to, you know, given that they had the chance to set up James Gunn universe in some form or fashion, that probably would have been the better opportunity. But this one just felt like now nah, just just. You know, cut it out. We'll, we're doing Aquaman still for some reason. Blue Beetle is now going to be the one that's shepherding the new DCU. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, okay. I mean, I hope that pays off too, but it, it, it still feels like it's something part of the old guard. Not knocking it. Haven't seen it. Just saying it feels like it's still more beholden to the past than the, the present. It definitely was conceived in a world in which the Snyderverse was still going to continue. Yeah. So, just I mean, it, it it's it's yeah. I mean, I guess it's a it's a weird casualty of all that, where it doesn't really do anything, um, and for entertainment value, it was you know it had its moments, but I think they're very far and few between. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I think at the end of the day, I mean, it's funny. I said we would talk about the things that we liked. We talked about one thing. Uh, well, okay. Let's try to think of something we liked real quick. Yeah, let's wrap up. We're about to wrap up. We're already over time. So let's wrap this up with a couple of the things that we liked from the uh, from the movie. I've got one. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe it might be the same thing I like. <laughs> I thought uh, Michael Keaton's Batman looked great in the suit. I thought that they did a really great job of adapting the suit. Uh, and I thought he looked great in the suit. Uh, I also liked I liked the moments where the two berries were working together using their flash powers to take down the Kryptonian soldiers. I thought that there was some fun interplay there. And like 
um, the way that they they sort of combine their powers, I thought it was pretty pretty neat. Yeah. Okay. Um, I too was a fan of watching Keaton Batman in the bat suit fight and shit and get his five minutes of you know looking like a super badass. Mm-hmm. Um, versus you know palms ejecting from gauntlets and sure you know all this stuff uh, beholden to the older stuff uh so yeah i like that uh supergirl any part that she was in i enjoyed i like the costume a lot too um yeah i really liked supergirl i was really sad how they used her in this movie yeah it just it just felt like such a you know it, it's a definitely a marketing beat but it just felt like such a throwaway uh, what a character. wasted opportunity yeah. yeah like i just just bring her over to the you know the gun the gunniverse or whatever they yeah. want to call it you know just let her exist for god's sake yeah and then um i i think uh my favorite thing was that they they figured to counter annoying original barry by making a younger more annoying version <laughs> they're like you himself. think this guy sucks just yeah. wait till you see what we got in store. Yeah, we're going to make this dude really suck. So you won't feel so bad about this one. And that is it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I liked all that those parts too. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought like uh, the, the a lot of the sets were good. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot of the, the a lot of the sets were were good. Um, <laughs> A lot of says we're good. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you've got HBO Max and you're really just like toasted out of your mind like me at three o'clock in the morning, you decide to watch it. I would say that's probably the best. No, no, that's not true. After after it was over, I was like, I missed out on sleep for this. <laughs> so don't do that. Uh, I don't know. If you watch it, you want to watch it. If you haven't watched it yet, check it out. But you really, you know, um, I don't. You can just wait till the new stuff comes out. I think it's probably fine. I mean, you could probably go like on uh, just go to like Giphy and look yeah, up just, the just Flash gifts, and you'll mm-hmm. get everything you need out of it. Yeah. No. I. You know what? That's a better recommendation. Let's go with that. So the Pop Saga recommendation for this movie: watch the gifts. <laughs> Yep. Anyway, uh, well, that's going to do it for us for this week. I hope you like this super bonus uh, overstuffed episode where we're talking about The Flash. There's nothing. We uh, we rib with love. We still watched it, both of us, John in the theater and me at home. Um, and so, uh, you know, we're always looking forward to new DC movies come out, uh, coming out. We love these characters. And, um, and this one was just had a lot of funny decisions in it that's fun to talk about. Um, so if you would like to talk about that, or if you'd like to talk with us about it, you can do that by joining our Discord. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna plug it at the top. I'm gonna go out of order because that's how cool it is. Um, so, uh, join us there. The links are in our show notes. But you know what else is in our show notes? A link to the very talented Burton M6's Fiverr page. That is the person who did the incredible music that you can find on our show. Did you like our nor, uh, our normal main feed theme? Do you like our Rays, our, our uh, uh, Masters of the Universe, Dear Skeletor theme? Do you like our Pop Scares You theme? Uh, so many versions done uh, by this incredible artist. 
and uh, is available to make uh, music for you as well. Can't recommend him enough. Um, and of course, there are other ways to get in touch with us in that same link in the in the show notes. So just check it out. Um, you know, just the other day, uh, I was directing someone to uh, to join our Discord, and I said to them, "What do I say at the end of every show?" And they couldn't say back to me what it was. So obviously, <laughs> people aren't listening to this part. But if you do happen to be doing that, check our show notes. All the links are in there. Um, and so uh, that's how you get in touch with us. That's how you get a hold wait, of us. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean people aren't hearing my final word? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if this is indicative of a larger issue or if this is just like a singular uh, it, occurrence. But it, it makes me wonder if anyone picked up on when we when we did the Inhumans episode. I said to quote Black Bolt because I know you did it at the mm-hmm. the intro, and yeah. I left the space. But I don't know if people listen to it because I inserted Black Bolt's head exploding from Doctor Strange <laughs> during the quiet. <laughs> well, so, so that's very going, funny. It's just him going. Meh. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, wise that words. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that anyway. is uh, that's great editing. So you're missing out on that if you don't listen all the way through. I encourage you to do so. Um, but as we like to say at the end of every show, however you choose to listen to us, wherever you are out there, we hope that you are feeling happy and healthy. And if you're not, that's okay too. But with that said, I'm going to throw it over to John for his famous final word. Remember folks, time travels like spaghetti. Terrible. Thank you for tuning in to all my super fans. Hope you coming back again. Got a shout out to Fresca. I know you riding with me as we pull up in the Hyundai Delhi City. <laughs> you want the hype? I gotcha. Gotta keep it locked right here on Pop Saga. Woo! Pop Saga, let's go. 